Do you want to move into product management, but you don't have product experience? Well, I recommend you think again. You don't have to be a product manager to, quotes, be a product manager. Every product management job requires product management experience. So how do you get that first job? Well, some people call this the chicken and egg problem. And in this episode, a brief skim over this question. This is episode number 118 of the Secrets of Product Management podcast with me, your host, Nels Davis. Thanks for joining me for the chicken and the egg, getting your first product management job with no product management experience. You can check the show notes for some additional links, including some people I recommend following on LinkedIn who are highly focused on this question. Andrew Bowker is one, Shivy Shi, and there's others. I recommend following them, and I'll try to get some of them on the podcast soon. So this is a hard problem. You probably know that there's actually very little training available for product managers. There's a lot more than when I was starting. There's things like product school and other options, but still not that much compared to the demand for product managers. There's also very little on-the-job training. Once you become a product manager, you're just thrown into the deep end. There's, of course, lots of competition for every product management job. And it's often from highly experienced people. Your competitors are people that have been product managers already for a long time. It's not unusual for a product management job at a FANG company or Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, Google, that kind of company to have hundreds of well-qualified applicants. So you're expected to hit the ground running. You have to be resourceful and you have to start doing it before you can get the job. But how do you do this? Well, as I said, you don't have to be a product manager to be a product manager. If you are driven to move into product, then I'm hoping you're probably already acting like a product manager, at least in some of your projects or hobbies. You're maybe leading through influence. You're making sure you're not just building something but the right thing. You're ensuring that your users are satisfied and are achieving their goals, whatever it is you're building or whatever it is you're doing or leading. So think about the projects you've worked on and how you discovered and validated that there's a real problem to be solved or influenced and led others to do work on the project or took the results of the project to market, working with users or with your peers or whoever to help them be successful or maybe doing demos or promoting its use or validating that it met expectations. So those are some of the characteristics of product managers, and you might be doing some of those things even if you're not doing product management per se. One of the tricks is learning how to surface that stuff out of your experience so that if you do get that product management job interview, and we'll talk about some different ways to do that, you can tell stories about that where you pitch yourself as having those skills. So how do you do this? Well, the most easiest move usually is the lateral move and maybe the most common path. You move within your current company from whether you're in engineering or maybe you're doing sales engineering, which is the people that demo, or maybe you're doing customer success and support or product marketing, and you work on your career and your position in that company to make a move to product management seem obvious and correct. So how do you do that? Some things like you have to know a lot about what's going on. You know, product managers have their fingers in every pie. You have to be knowledgeable about what's going on in sales, about what's going on at the executive level. You have to be knowledgeable at the technical level. You have to show that you have empathy for customers. You have to make decisions. There's all these different things. And what you have to do is work your way into the consciousness of the product organization and start to build credibility as someone who has good insights about product. Now, there's lots of 
podcast episodes and stuff written about what things like product sense are that you can, I'm not going to go into in detail in this episode, but you kind of want to show that you have product sense, that you have some of those characteristics of product managers. I'll get you a list of characteristics in a minute, but you want to be able to show that you're good at communicating with people that they engage with and can understand. And when I say people, I don't just mean engineers, for example, but engineers and salespeople and customers and prospects and business people. You have to have enough technical knowledge to be credible with developers. But again, you still have to be able to talk to the business people in their own terms. You kind of have to be very smart, but you also have to be humble about it. You know, one of the characteristics of product managers is we take responsibility for stuff, but we give credit away. And you have to be the type of person that's willing to give credit away and not take credit for things. It does eventually come back to you if you're successful, but you do take responsibility for things. You are responsible for that decision, even if it went wrong and you'll do what is needed to make things right if possible. And you also want to be able to show that you can put yourself into problem space instead of staying all the time in solution space. This is potentially a challenge for developers, for example, people moving from engineering into product management. Product managers need to be focused on the customer problem, validating that it's really a problem, that it's a problem we're solving, whereas developers tend to be focused on how can I create the best possible solution for this problem. They're given a problem typically by the product manager, and their job is to create a great solution. That's the breakdown of responsibilities. Roughly speaking, obviously, it's never that black and white. So moving laterally, that is one technique. And all of the things that I mentioned about how you and set yourself up for that move are things you can think about in all of these other ways that I'm going to discuss about how to make the move. There are associate product management programs and returnships. So you probably heard about the Google Associate Product Manager program. There's Facebook has, uh, or Meta, I guess, has a program called the Returning Product Managers, RPM, which is actually for people that are not product managers already. Both of those are for people who want to move into product management from some other thing. Um, and other companies have Associate Product Manager Management programs as well. Typically, these are big companies that have a lot of product managers. Uh, but guess what? These are super highly competitive. It's like getting into Harvard to get into one of these programs, which is kind of like getting into product management jobs in general. But the point is that getting into them is really hard. If you can get into one, it's great experience and it's a great launch pad. So certainly something you should look into, but remembering that it's super competitive to get into those things at all. You probably have to have some real interesting experience behind you or an interesting and unusual background to be really competitive in that area. There are, of course, product management schools, like product school is one of them. Now, typically, these can't guarantee a job. You're going to have a relatively short training program. You definitely will learn useful things. You'll learn some schools. Sorry. You'll learn some skills. You'll grow your network. You'll find out if you actually really like product management. This is always one of the risks, right? Going into a new field seems really great. Everybody wants to be there. It's very exciting. You feel like you're going to be in control of a lot of things. But there's a lot of details and things you might not like about it. Uh, if you're a developer and you're used to being somebody who sits down at your desk and you spend a lot of time getting your brain totally wired into some code and you do that for a week at a time or a day at a time or a week at a time or a month at a time, well, product management is not like that. You have to change your – you have to 
context switch every 15 minutes if you're a product manager often. Very, that's very rare where you get to sit down for an hour and just focus on one thing, much less a day or a week. Also in product management schools, you'll often have done a project or two that can help demonstrate your skills and talents. So that's valuable, right? It's not going to be a big project, obviously. You'll be doing a, the project with a bunch of other product managers who all want to get the same experience and stories out of the project that you did, meaning there's you're not going to have a bunch of developers to work with because all the other folks on this project are typically going to be product managers. Now, there's ways around this as well, but that's the situation with product management school. So you certainly can, if you're looking for a job as a product manager and you've done one of these product management schools, that's going to give you a little bit of a leg up, not a huge one, but something. So obviously I talked about going laterally within a current company, which you do by sort of making sure that the people in the company that you have a relationship with know that you're interested and that you show them that you have these skills. You of course can also try to get a product management job in a new company, not doing a lateral move at all, but just getting an entry-level product management job at a new company. Again, lots of competition, usually from experienced competitors, right? Because everybody wants these jobs. Most PM jobs, unfortunately, require product management experience. They don't, there really aren't that many entry-level product management jobs. We're going to take you and train you how to do it because nobody does any training. So this is something to know going into it. It's a, it's difficult and, and highly competitive. So Let's say, though, that you do find a job this way or any of these ways that I just talked about. How do you find, well, let's say that you find a job that doesn't require product management experience. How do you maximize your chances for getting that job? And these, the advice I'm going to give you now applies to all of these different situations as well. So let's think, first of all, about what are the fundamental characteristics of product managers, meaning this is what you want to show in the job interview that you have these characteristics, right? And you want to have examples of how you exhibited those characteristics in your previous life before you became a product manager, which you aren't yet, of course. What are the characteristics? Well, the fundamental ones that I think of are empathy. You need to be able to show that you can put yourself in someone else's shoes, think in the, think as though you're them, see things through their eyes, and not just through your own. So empathy or sympathy, there's different ways, different people use different words for this, but I think empathy is a good way to capture it. I mentioned that product managers hardly ever get to do more than an hour focus on the same thing in a given day, or certainly not a day. This is all about mental flexibility. You have to be ready to switch contexts a lot because, you know, on any given day, you may be doing 10 different things, being involved in 10 different conversations at all different levels, some detailed, some very high level, some with sales, some with customers, some with developers. You have to be very mentally flexible and be able to make those switches effectively. You have to be super good at communication. That's the other flip side of that, right? All of those different conversations are with different organizations, different people. They all have different ways of communicating. They all have different things that are going to trigger them if you fail to communicate with them effectively and things like that. And of course, a lot of what we do in, in the product world, we don't have much authority typically maybe you build up authority but it's not you don't have sort of reportorial authority you don't have that authority that because you're someone's boss you have the authority because you built up credibility and influence within the organization 
a lot of what you have to do is persuasion. There's tons of persuasion and influence in the job of product manager from getting the developers to build the thing you want them to build until you've built a relationship with them. They're not going to trust you. And so you have to have ways of persuading them that you're the thing you're asking them to build is the right thing for them to work on. And there's possible to do that, but you have to learn those skills. A lot of what we do in product management is we make decisions. Which, what should we build? Should we build feature A or should we build feature B? Should we include this little bit of feature of this functionality or should we drop that and fix this bug instead? Huge amounts of decision-making around prioritization, around how do we communicate about something, all kinds of decision-making to be done. And of course, I mentioned earlier, taking responsibility. You have to be ready to take responsibility for your decisions, for the behavior of your team, for the, the, what your team delivered, even though they don't work for you and you're only influencing them, you still kind of need to be able to ready to take responsibility for what comes out of that team, for the outcomes that are created based on the team's work. So how do you show all this stuff? Well, there's a second part of this, which is to think about how to position what you've already done. So you've already had a job, presumably, or maybe you haven't even had a job. Maybe you're just getting out of college. So you need to show how you can do certain things based on the things you've done in the past. What are these things? Things like working through others. Again, as product managers, we don't actually do stuff. Well, we make decisions and we write stuff and we have meetings, but we don't build anything. We have a dev team that does that. We don't typically market or sell, sell things, although we talk to marketing about some things about how they should market or who they should market to. And we talk to sales about how to describe the product and how to, what the best qualifying questions might be and things like that. But we don't do that ourselves, right? We work through others. There's one exception to that, which is that we really are responsible for going out and finding and validating the problems that we're going to solve with our product. Typically, if you're starting your first job as a product manager, you're not going to do much of that because there's other more senior product managers who are focused on that. Typically, when you first start, you're going to be given some stuff to build. And you're going to be then working with the dev team to get that stuff built and to do decision-making at that sort of more micro level. But as you get more experience, you're going to need, you'll be getting a bigger and bigger picture, including going out and finding and validating problems. Another thing that product managers do is they take the solutions to market. What does that mean? Well, it means getting people to know about the solution. That's marketing, getting people to express interest, part of marketing as well, getting people to decide to buy the solution or start using it. That's sales. So if you can show that some of your previous projects included components of that, that's a really good thing to show in a, in a product management interview. Even if you've never had a product management job, if you've done some stuff related to taking an idea or a solution to market, you want to have that story built up. You want to talk about how you've done prioritization in the past, because again, big important part of product management. You want to show your communication skills and your persuasion skills in stories of what you've done. And there's really two sort of rough paths to showing these things, depending on your background and on essentially on how technical you are already. So if you're a developer, then your weaknesses your that somebody's going to sort of expect from you are going to be assumed to be things like market discovery, empathy, 
talking to different role holders and being able to multitask or switch context really fast, right? Because developers typically are not doing many of those things while they're developing, particularly if they're a type of head, heads down type of developers. Some developers are doing all that stuff. And so that's great. And you want to make sure you have those stories. Now, if you're not a technical person, then your technical skills will come into question for sure. So questions like, can you communicate effectively with the dev team? Can you gain their trust? Can you build credibility with them? There's a question of what's the minimum amount of technical knowledge that you have to have to be an effective product manager. It's definitely less than is often required in a job posting, but it's not zero. And so you want to be able to show in your stories that you have some technical knowledge if you're not necessarily a technical person or coming from a technical role. So those are the characteristics that you want to show. How do you get the experience to have the stories to show those characteristics and skills? Well, obviously this is kind of a long-term project. You can't, if you have, don't have any of them right now, you can't go into an interview and say you do because you, it wouldn't be true. So you have to think about this as kind of a longer term project if you don't already have this. Now, typically if you, even if you just graduated from college, if you had a project that you worked on as your senior project, for example, you may be able to tell some stories about some of these things. I worked with a guy who was in a design program and he graduated and he had on his resumes a little, some bullet points about this design project that he, that he did, basically designing some packaging for a, a real company that had to ship some real things that were breaking and they needed better packaging so they didn't, the things didn't break when they were shipped. And so he, he built a new, he came up with a new solution working with another person and it was pretty effective. So what did he do? that's product management in this project. Well, he, he had to find out what was really going wrong. What was the real problem? What was the root cause of this breakage? And then he had to think about working with his colleague. How do I design something that will solve that problem? And then he had to present the solution to the original customer. And that's a kind of a go to market thing. So I'm kind of skimming over the whole point, but as part of that project, he did kind of product management behavior. It was in a very small way, but you could certainly take the story of his success, and he won an award for that, and turn it into kind of a baby product management story. So that's just an example of what you might be able to do. So let's say that you have a project like that, then you have to find out, find those stories, figure out those stories that put that project into the context of project management. So what are some other ways of doing this? Well, you can, of course, do your own project. You can do a side project. And when, when we talk about side projects and Andrew, Andrew Bowker talks a lot about these, what are you trying to show that you can do with your side project? It's not about building something. It's about, well, I hypothesized that there was a problem in the market, or I went out and did some discovery in the market, and I found out that there was this little problem. And I validated it and I validated that there would be some people that would be willing to pay or would be willing to use something if I built it. That's the fundamental thing you do in product management is figure out what problem to solve. And then I worked on building it. Now that doesn't necessarily, working on building it doesn't necessarily demonstrate product management skills. But if you got somebody else to work with you on building it, that probably does because you have to convince that person 
persuade them that the thing you want to build is worth building. So, of course, the final part of the side project is getting people to use it. That's go to market. How do you how do you get people to find out that the thing exists? How do you get people to start using it? Can you get people to pay pay you for it? Those are all really good skills that product managers, if they have them, those are very valuable. Now, again, you might do those through somebody else as well, and that would be even better. Now, there's also another side aspect of a side project. You may go into it with a hypothesis, you may do some discovery, and you may figure out, you know what, this is not worth building. Well, that's a very good product management type of result as well. A lot of times we think we should build something, we have an idea, we go out into the market to find out if it's actually a good idea by finding out if customers even care about it or if they're willing to pay for a solution to the problem that we think they might have, and you find out, no, they don't. And so we say, no, we're not going to build that thing, and... So we, and we put a stop to it. That's a really important fundamental product management skill as well. Deciding what not to build, even if you think it's a good idea, even if it seems like a great idea, even if all your friends love the idea, if the market doesn't love the idea or the market doesn't have the problem that the idea solves, or they're not willing to pay to have that problem solved, it's not worth building. And that's a really good thing to learn that you can learn as a side project. So side projects, building something. Of course, you can work with someone else to build something and that has other benefits, like you may have to influence that person to do something that you think they should do, right? So that's a nice component of product management as well. I mentioned the capstone project in a product management course. Of course, there's capstone projects in any undergraduate or in many undergraduate programs, you know, like the design project that I mentioned earlier. Um, you know, starting a company is always a good way to get into product management. Many acquired founders become product managers at the acquiring company. So you look at Facebook or all these big companies, they're always acquiring these little companies, little five-person companies, little 10-person companies. And many times those founders become product managers at Facebook or Google, whoever did the acquiring. And that's a route that, that often happens. And the reason this happens is because the fundamental decision of a founder, which is I'm going to decide what to build and we're going to build it, is the same as the fundamental decision of a senior product manager. I have to decide what to build. And they do that based on figuring out if there's market demand and all those things I mentioned earlier. And of course, one of the things that drives a company that was started by a founder, as I just mentioned, to be acquired is that, yeah, there was some problem out there that was worth solving and that was worth something to the market. And so it, it indicates that the founder actually makes good decisions about what to build. And so that's, again, the characteristics of a, of a product manager. Another thing that I've often mentioned to people is to join an open source project as a product manager. Of course, you know, there's lots of projects that people are, hundreds or thousands of projects that people are building in an open source way. And most of them don't have product managers. Most of them are not as successful as they potentially could be, or many of them are not as successful as they potentially could be if they had a product manager. And there's some criteria that you'd want to use if you were looking for a, a, such an open source project. Um, obviously, it should be something that people actually need, and you need to do that market validation to evaluate whether this project that you've found is actually something that's worth working on. It You really want to target something that's kind of semi-successful. You don't want too successful a project. They probably don't need you. They, they probably have sort of got product management handled however they're doing it. You don't want an unsuccessful project that no one's working on because no one cares and you won't have a team. You want kind of just the just right 
project, the Goldilocks. Uh, if you think about Goldilocks and Three Bears, you want the just right project that's could be a lot more successful if it, if certain decisions were made, but those decisions aren't being made. There are people actively working on the project, but they're not making the progress that they could. There's a lot of opportunity for improvement. I love that phrase, opportunity for improvement. And you want to find an open source project that has that. And then, obviously, you have to persuade the people on the project that they should get a product manager, meaning you, to help them complete this project and to grow it and for it to be successful. Because, you know, people, even if they're just building a project because they thought it was a good idea, people always want their projects to be more successful than they are. And if you can offer that to them and show that you can do it, that's great. And of course, if you do have those outcomes, then you do have product management experience. So the next time you're interviewing for a product management job, you can say, hey, I'm the product manager for this open source project. It started here where it wasn't very good and wasn't very successful, didn't have much traction. And I did all these things and now it's really successful and has a lot of traction and I, there's 10 times as many users or whatever it might be, right? So that's an open source project as a thing to work on. I think it's a great opportunity. There's lots and lots of open source projects. There's not very many product managers working on them and they would be more successful if there were product managers working on them. So let me just sum up. That's been a lot of stuff right now. This is a very challenging problem, the chicken and egg problem, right? Getting that first product management job when every product management job requires product management experience. It's really hard. Um, often a lateral move is the best route because you at least are in a situation where people know you and hopefully you've built credibility and trust and they like you and things like that. You do need to show a certain set of characteristics and skills to be considered to be a good candidate for a product management job, whether it's a lateral move or whatever else. Being able to show and communicate about your characteristics and skills is one of the characteristics and skills. That is, you not only have to be able to have the characteristics and skills, but you need to be able to show them and communicate about them because product managers can show and communicate about stuff like that. You can build the hard skills of product management with a side project or in other ways, like my favorite way, which is the open source product manager thing. And if you're a product wannabe, product manager wannabe, you probably do have some product management stories that you don't remember or don't know that you have. Now, I love pe helping people find these stories. I have a set of questions you can ask yourself if you want some help on trying to figure out your own personal stories that apply to product management. And I'll put a link in the show notes to the download for telling your own story. It's a powerful capability, irrespective of whether you want to be a product manager or anything else. Being able to tell your own stories is really important. And I'll put a link that link in the show notes. The show notes, again, secretsofproductmanagement.com. It's actually secretsofpm.com slash 118. You've been listening to episode number 118 of Secrets of Product Management podcast. Again, I'm Nils Davis. Until next time. Bye-bye.